You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. cross for me when I should have been hanging on that cross. Thank the Lord that He did those things instead of me. So I can get and have a relationship with God through Him, through recognizing what He did was for me. And the sacrifice was for me. He fulfilled the law when I couldn't do it. He became the sacrifice that I couldn't become. He was perfect. He was pure. Well, I will never be perfect or pure this side of heaven. But praise God, He did it. We have it so much better. We don't get what we deserve. Many people today feel like they got the short stick, like they deserve more than they receive. Pastor Dave reminds us today that we don't deserve anything other than death. You were meant to die on a cross, but Jesus stepped in and took your place. Be thankful for the things that you do deserve, but never had to endure. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6, as he continues his message, A Good Thing Done the Wrong Way. Redpath again said, quote, we want God's presence very much, don't we? But we like to hitch his presence to some of our new carts. We like to add him to our list of organizations, to load him on top of the merchant mechanics of the busy life, and then drive. How much of a service is really in the energy of the flesh? So often we put our hands out, but not our hearts, unquote. These people walking behind the cart thought they were worshiping God. They really did. They thought they were worshiping God. I mean, they were euphoric. Too often we're tempted to judge a worship experience by how it makes us feel. We're tempted to to judge how, how we feel about something. Well, you know, I wasn't moved, so it wasn't a very good service. I wasn't moved. We need to realize that worship is not about pleasing you. Worship is about pleasing God. We worship to please Him, not to please ourselves. We realize that worship is about pleasing God and we're driven to His Word so that we can know how He wants to be worshiped. What did Jesus say? Jesus explained how He's supposed to be worshiped. Those that worship me will worship Him, must worship Him in spirit and truth. That's how God wants worship in spirit and truth. Spirit and truth, it becomes a matter of your heart. A matter of your heart. You can have the greatest voice in the entire world. You can play an instrument like no tomorrow. But if your heart is not right, is God listening? If your heart is not right towards God, it just becomes clanging cymbals to him. Gusick said this, quote, it's hard to receive it in our consumer-oriented culture, but worship isn't all about what pleases us. It's all about what pleases God. Worship is what about pleases God, and we need to think of that when we're worshiping. What pleases you, Lord? A heart towards Him, by faith, accepting what He has for you. It's only by faith that God is pleased with us. Look at 6a. And when they came to Nikon's threshing floor, 
They go to the threshing floor. And it's interesting that they come to this threshing floor because this is where the wheat and the chaff is separated. They have some sort of wind coming in there and they take the wheat and the chaff and they blow it up and one is blown away, the chaff is blown away and the wheat comes back down. And they separate the wheat and the chaff. And chaff is always representative of sin. It's always representative of sin. And it's no coincidence because God was about to separate the chaff from them. He was about to do something incredible. And it's, it, he was going to take that which is not from him and the wheat which is getting. He was going to take the bad from the good. God was getting ready to do that. So it's no coincidence that they go to a threshing floor. Look at 6b and 7. Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled, then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. You're thinking, how cruel. How utterly cruel. Everything seemed to be going perfectly. They were dancing and singing and having a great time behind the ark of God. The ark of God was being moved. They were going to take it to the capital city of Jerusalem and everybody was going to have a grand time and they knew the Lord was going to be blessing them beyond belief. It was a euphoric time. They had finally got the presence of God and they were experiencing this, this wonderful time and they were shouting and crying out and they're doing all kinds of things and they hit a bump on the floor and the ark started to go this way and Uzzah reaches out and grabs it because he wants to steady the ark of God. Heaven forbid the ark of God fall to the ground. It was a good thing what he did. But it wasn't a good idea. Touched the ark. The anger of the Lord was aroused against him. And he was struck dead. He was struck dead. If you read Numbers 4.15, it tells you that touching any one of the holy implements of the tabernacle especially the ark, was strictly forbidden. The penalty for doing such was death. Now your heart breaks for Uzzah. By the way, Uzzah means strong. His name means strong. And Oeo means friendly. And somebody, I don't know who it was that I was reading, somebody said, there they were, going down the street. Uzo was settling the cart, getting things going, and Oio was out there, friendly, running around greeting everybody, giving out tracks. And they were having a great time. It was strictly forbidden to touch the ark. The power of God was manifested before the Israelites that day, okay? David got exactly what he wanted. The Israelites saw the power of God, but whoa, not in the way David wanted them to see it. But those with David saw God's power firsthand. And this was God's reminder to the nation. To obey my commandments. It might have been more for David than it was for the Israelites. You may have placed the ark on a new cart. Oh yeah. And you may be carrying it in a new way. But God's word doesn't change. They must obey God's word. Likewise, God's word never changes. And we must obey it. We can't make it say what we want it to say. We've got to do things God's way. You know, you look back through Scripture, and many times you see God's hands of judgment come down upon people who did things the wrong way. I'm thinking of Aaron's sons in the tabernacle, priests in the tabernacle. I'm thinking of Aaron's son. Now, our boy Achan disobeyed God because when they attacked the city, he took some booty for himself. It ended up costing him 
and Israel a lot of pain, but him more so because he lost his entire family. They killed him, his wife, his kids, all the animals. They killed everything. And then there was Ananias and Sapphira who came in and sold a piece of property. The apostles knew how much they sold the property for, and they asked each other, he, they asked them, did you, did you pay this much? And they lied. And they both were struck down dead because they lied to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but the very next scripture after they carry Sapphira out says, great fear fell over the fellowship. Well, I guess so. I guess great fear did fall over the fellowship. Great fear falls over David. Great fear falls over David when this happens. God reminded the people that they are not to imitate other nations in the way they serve him. The Philistines moved it on a cart. The Philistines manhandled the ark. Everything they did they needed to know about him and to serve him was found in his word. Exodus, Leviticus, it's all there. Numbers, Deuteronomy. They had the law. They had the law. They could read it. They could find it out. This should be a reminder as well. We need to think about this. We need to return to the word of God for understanding of his will for us, individually and as a church. We need to return to God's word. No amount of enthusiasm will compensate for disobedience. You can be enthusiastic all you want, but if you are disobedient to the word of God, there's going to be a recompense to pay. I'm sorry. God is not mocked. When God's work is accomplished man's way, and when we imitate the world instead of obeying the word of God, you can never, ever expect a blessing. You can never expect a blessing. Things will fall apart. Even though many will approve of what you do, many will say, yeah, that's what we should do. Yeah, that looks great. If you don't have the approval for God or of God, forget it. You're in trouble. The way of the world ultimately is death. You want to follow the world? You follow it. It seems harsh, but God's ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. He acts in a different realm than I do. He has a different mindset than I do. God is sovereign. He has compassion on whom he has compassion. He has mercy on whom he has mercy. It's God's law, not mine. When we don't understand the importance of following God's word, God wanted to establish a kingdom under David. He wanted to establish a godly kingdom. God never wanted to have a king in the first place. God wanted to be their king. God wanted to be their leader. But if David was going to be a leader, he must do it God's way. It was essential for David to learn these things. And here we see David, king of Israel, all of Israel, still at school, still learning, still trying to figure things out. This should give us great hope, folks. This should give us great hope that we don't have it figured out. We don't have it all figured out. Oh, I know that God. I know exactly how he's going to act. Really? Here I go. You know what I'm going to say. Let me know how that works out for you. No, 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 no. For David to rule, he had to have God's law in place. And it had to be followed strictly. When they did that, the people would again realize that the God they serve is a justice God, is absolutely holy. We cannot tell God what to do, nor can we push him into our plans. We make these great big plans. We sit there and we make plan after plan after plan. We make organizations and committees. We make all these things, and then we say, okay, God, bless that. 
Did we go to God before we did that? Did we seek his knowledge and seek his want for that? We must put forth our hearts and do his will accordingly. We must do that. Look at verses 8 and 9. David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, I guess he was, and said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? How can the ark of the Lord come to me? This not only angered David, but it put the fear of God into his heart, and this was a good thing. It turns out good. Yes, God does work all things together for good. It turns out good because this lesson that David learns, although harsh, especially for Uzzah, David learned this valuable lesson. First thing he probably said is, whoa, that thing's powerful. we got to watch out for this thing. But he also sees what happens when you violate God's word. See, we have it pretty easy, dare I say that? We don't get the retribution like these people get when we violate God's word. Thank the Lord we're living under grace. Thank the Lord we're living under grace and we've been born again to a living hope through Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord that he went to a cross for me when I should have been hanging on that cross. Thank the Lord that he did those things instead of me. So I can get and have a relationship with God through him, through recognizing what he did was for me. And the sacrifice was for me. He fulfilled the law when I couldn't do it. He became the sacrifice that I couldn't become. He was perfect. He was pure. Well, I will never be perfect or pure this side of heaven. So praise God, he did it. We have it so much better. We don't get what we deserve. Thank you, Jesus. We don't get what we deserve. David really got panicky. He knew he wasn't doing things the way God wanted him to do it. It was a good thing to want the ark in Jerusalem. It was a very good thing, but he was going about it the wrong way. He had to seek God and his word. He had to look at it. He had to just turn it in and go back to Jerusalem empty-handed. There's nothing he could do. Who can move the ark? Who can move this thing? Well, you've got to study God's word, and it tells you exactly how to move it. Exactly how to move it. Instead, he leaves the ark in the house of Obed-Edom. David's anger was based in confusion. He couldn't understand why his good intentions weren't good enough. And this is important, people. God does care about your intentions, but he also cares about your actions too. And if it's not a matter of the heart, you're in trouble all the way. You're in trouble all the way. God cares about these things. How can the ark of the Lord come to me, David says. And he knew it was important to get the ark where the Lord wanted it. He knew that was important. Israel had been excited about the presence of the ark coming. They were very, very excited to the glory of God. But, but because of what happened to Uzzah, David felt he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do what God had wanted him to do. Why? Because he didn't seek God to be empowered by the Spirit to do those things. I told you before, and I'll tell you again, God will never call you to do something that he doesn't empower you to do it. If God calls you to do it, you know that he will empower you to do it. But we need to seek God. We need to come to him. When we don't follow God, we become weary. We can get discouraged. We can get extremely discouraged because things won't go the way you want them to go. If you look at your life and if you really truly examine yourself, you need to think, am I doing things God's way? Or am I circumventing God here? Or, or taking a shortcut here? Or, or doing this there? 
We need to look at it clearly. David will say, search me and know my heart. Try me. Look into my heart, Lord. See what's there. I want to know. I want to follow you. I want to be pure before you. And this should be our attitude too. This should be our attitude because when we circumvent God's word, when we are shady in our dealings with others, when we're, when we're not living what we're supposed to be doing and living a, 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 a bad life or, or this, that, and we call ourselves Christians, God is not mocked. What you sow, you're going to reap. There will be a reaping and sowing. It will come down the pike. And you sit there and go, why isn't God blessing me? I read his word five times a day. I'm studying. I'm praying. But then you go out and live like snot. And you do everything against God's word, and you wonder, why isn't he blessing me? Well, obviously, you're, you're not taking in what you're reading. You're not applying it to your life. We're supposed to be doers of the word, not hearers only. David knew this. David was a man after God's own heart, and he, once again, in front of us, he fails miserably, and it costs the life of this young man named Uzzah. David was responsible for Uzzah's death, I believe. David should have known better. He was the leader. He was the one in charge. He was the one that told them to get the ark. He was the one that allowed them to build the new cart. He was allowed them to put it on the cart and take it there. He, was the one, he allowed them to do that. David should have known better. And God held him responsible too. And it scared the snot out of David. David was afraid when he saw what the Lord could do. If you're in the midst of a situation right now, that you've gotten yourself in by your own poor choices and not following God's word, my suggestion to you is to reevaluate where you are. Reevaluate, take some steps backward, get on your knees before a most holy God, beg for forgiveness and confess your sin, and seek him for what he wants you to do. Don't say, well, I'm here now, I might as well go on the way. Don't do that. Remember what we said, you can always go back. You can always come back. Don't get out there and get become so prideful and so arrogant thinking, well, there I am. I'm just going to continue on. I'm going to plow through. No. No. Don't do that, my friends. We have to seek God through his word. And when we seek him through his word, we find the answers we need and how we're supposed to act in situations. There's not a situation in all the world that is not addressed here in the Bible. Every situation you can ever run across is addressed here somewhere in the Bible. And you can glean from that how to handle it, how to do it. And I guarantee through prayer, through faith, through walking in God's way, that's how you get it done. Seeking God at all, everything you do. Seeking God. This was David's first attempt. David's first attempt. So in verse 10 it says, So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him to the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And it stayed there for three months. Uh, a lot of things happen in this chapter. we got to break it down as David comes and tries to move the ark the second time. But he comes with a different mindset. He comes with a totally different mindset and a totally different view. See, God is a God of second chances. He'll give you a chance to improve your life. He'll give you a chance to do the right thing. He'll give you a chance. Maybe, maybe... You're doing a good thing the wrong way. And maybe you have been chastised by our God. Maybe you are feeling guilty about doing a good thing the wrong way. Or maybe you're in the midst of it. It's time to get back through prayer to God to see what he wants to do in that situation. And how your 
to do in that situation. We try very hard to do what God's leading us to in this church, and it's extremely hard to sit before God and know what he wants to do. But sometimes we make mistakes, and if we get before him, we suffer for it greatly. And I don't want you to suffer because that you got ahead of God or that you didn't seek God. I want you to always seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. All these things will be added if we do the right thing. If we do a good thing the right way, there's blessings. There's blessings galore. Blessings galore. I'm not saying concerts are bad. I'm not saying filling stadiums are bad. I'm not saying those things. I'm not saying new technology is bad. But we must use them the way God wants us to use them. We're so tempted to use them the way we think they should be used and not seek God for them. And that's the whole message. We want to do things God's way because great blessings await you. Great blessings await you if you will do things the way God has set forth for you to do them. Now remember, we're in the New Testament. <laughs> we're in the New Testament, folks. Praise God. Praise God, we're in the New Testament. Don't get hung up in Leviticus. Don't get hung up back there in some of those laws and all the stuff that's going on back there. It'll drive you crazy. Don't get hung up on them. Think when you read those things, when you read through the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, when you read through the law, think Jesus, because he appears in every single thing through there. When you start going through the books of the Bible in the Old Testament, think Jesus and look for Jesus there because we are Jesus people. It's because of Jesus Christ that we're one of God's children. Because of him and him alone, we are New Testament saints. But we can learn from these Old Testament saints not to make that mistake because God's word is the same. And there's plenty of things in the New Testament to glean from and to learn from. Read the epistles. Read the epistles and study them where Paul really gets hot and heavy with some of those churches. Corinthians, he just knocks the snot out of them. Corinthians, he goes after them. He loves the Philippians, the epistle of joy. He loves them. And his most favorite church, I think, is the Ephesians. He loves the Ephesians. But read how he tells them and things he tells them to do. Study those things and, and glean from them what God might have you do. And know that God is on your side. He's not standing up there with a great big wooden spoon waiting for you to mess up so he can whack you on the head. He's not waiting for that. But he'll whack you if he has to. Just like a good parent. Just like a good parent. Many parents don't want to whack their kids with the wooden spoon, but they will if they have to. But don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise that he's correcting you and trying to get you to come back into his love. That's what he's doing to David. Unfortunately, it cost the life of Uzzah. He's still training David. David, you have a lot to learn. And I'm going to continue to train you and teach you and, and show you. Praise God, David will listen. And next time we see David does a whole different thing. He does a whole different thing to bring the ark back. You are Our time with you is running short for today's edition of A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through 2 Samuel when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so they are available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always time to pause, even if only for a few minutes 
Those short breaks could be filled with the study of Scripture, getting to know God better through His own Word. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Or just visit assurehoperadio.com. If you're not able to join us in person, we are streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just follow the link you'll find at AssureHopeRadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message on Assure Hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover God doing great things in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another edition of Assure Hope.